the last time we were in uh, Mark's gospel, it seems like ages ago now, uh, we looked at the miracle. After Jesus and three of the disciples had come uh, from the summit of the Mount of Transfiguration and the blessing there, they come down to this valley of gloom uh, where they face a seemingly impossible situation of a man bringing his son who had a demon and the disciples weren't able uh, to exorcise the demon and in desperation uh, this man turns to Jesus Christ. So we've already looked at the miracle but I know it was nearly a month ago when we were last looking at it. We can't really leave this account without looking at what Jesus says to the father immediately before the son is healed and then the father's response. So let me just read, I think it's verses 23 and 24. Verses 23 and 24. So Jesus said to the father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately, this is the response, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. I know it better in the authorised version. Help thou mine unbelief. Is that somebody here this morning? You know Jesus Christ has power to, to save. Uh, all of us, I think, know that. We've heard it often enough. But somehow there's a blockage. Uh, th there is salvation. There is forgiveness of sins. There is uh, new life. Uh, there is a hope of heaven. And all these wonderful blessings in store for us. But they're not coming to us. There's a blockage. And all I want to ask this morning is, what's the cause of that blockage? Uh, maybe somebody has been seeking Jesus Christ for these blessings of salvation for a long time and nothing has happened because there's a blockage. Now, let me give you this illustration. About a year ago, I had a plumbing problem in my house. There was a blockage somewhere. And as many of us do these days, I went on YouTube to try and find if I could discover how to deal with this problem. And there are some wonderful videos on YouTube uh, telling you. Uh, and I, I scratched my head in the end and I said, I just can't do this. So as a last resort, I phoned the plumber. And this is what I want to mention. I was trying to tell this plumber what I thought was wrong. <laughs> that there's a blockage somewhere. And I was trying to explain to him the cause of the blockage and he just stopped me and said look here as if he was telling me look you don't know what you're talking about wait till I come <laughs> and then let's see what the problem is you see I thought I knew where the blockage was but he was telling me you don't know a thing mate wait till I arrive I'm the expert and I'll find out where the blockage is. And I feel a bit like that in looking at this father here. He thought, he knew at first where the blockage was. But the divine plumber, Jesus Christ, put his finger on it. So let me just go through 
a few possibilities that this father thinks is why his son isn't being healed. Why the blessings of salvation are not flowing to his son. And maybe why you haven't received yet uh, Jesus Christ. Some people think that the blockage lies with the power of our sin. Is there somebody here this morning who's thinking like that? Listen to the father here. Um, let me get the right verses. Verse 21. He says, in response to Jesus asking him, how long has this been happening to him? And this is what the father says, from childhood. And then verse 22, he goes on to describe things. From childhood. Oh, Jesus, you don't know how long my poor child has been afflicted with this condition. It's been such a long time that it's impossible now for him to be healed. Is there somebody here like that? Or maybe you know somebody who's on your heart. For so long, they have been away from Jesus Christ. How can it be possible? The blockage lies with them being so long in this condition. Let me tell you what happened to me about a year ago, going to preach in a church in West Wales, in Clabberston Road. There's a gentleman there, John Murray's name is. I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning him. John Murray, not the great theologian John Murray, but John Murray from Scotland. And he's married to a Christian lady. And for years, he wasn't converted. He would come to church every Sunday, every weekday. He'd be more faithful than some of the Christians. A lovely man, but he's not saved at this point. And people would talk to him and no effect. He'd still not believe in God. Uh, people would pray for him. Nothing happened. And I'm sure some people were thinking as he was going into his 80s, there's no hope. He's been too long, too long. And you know what happened about a year or two years ago? I heard he'd come through. Oh, it made my day. He'd been saved. And you know what? He was saved into his 80s. Never give up on anybody. Into his 80s. And when I went to preach there last, I could see the difference in him. It was wonderful. He was completely transformed. And then look at the father. He doesn't say just that he's been like this for too long. He says, from childhood, he's been thrown into the fire and into the waters, trying to destroy him. And then a little later, he describes uh, in even greater detail, or a little earlier, verse 17, uh, a mute spirit. Verse 18, it seizes him, it throws him down, the violence. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth. And becomes rigid. Oh dear, dear, you say to me. Oh, my case is such. The power of sin. Uh, the passion. Uh, the fire, as it were. It's too much for me. I, I just can't do it. I can't turn to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. Jesus Christ loves to save the worst cases. Now, actually, the hardest cases are not those who seem bad to us, but those who are religious and <laughs> seem closer. They're the hardest. But he loves to save those who think they are impossible cases. I could keep you here all morning. Don't worry, I won't. Mentioning people like that. Um, Nicky Cruz. Have you heard of Nicky Cruz? 
I think he was a gang member in New York who was really into violence. I don't know if he'd killed somebody, but he was saved. You can read about it in the cross and the switchblade. This is a saviour who saves the Nicky Cruises of this world. I visited Cardiff Prison a few years ago. I've never been back there. <laughs> I was really nervous about going to see a man, and this man had been converted from being an armed gangster in London, and I was going to see him. And I spent two hours in the cell with him. And you know what? We had a lovely time because he'd been saved. That's the kind of person Jesus can, can save. And we've got a mission in, um, is it in September or October? And we've got somebody speaking in the mission who's an ex-IRA terrorist. Isn't that great? And Jesus Christ saved this man. And I remember hearing this terrorist uh, witness many years ago. When he was in prison, he had so many opportunities to witness to the Saviour in a confined space. Whereas we don't witness when we have all the freedom in the world. Doesn't matter how powerful your sin is. This man, Jesus Christ, can save you. So, let me say loud and clear. The blockage doesn't lie with the power of sin. Whatever that may be, Jesus can deal with it. Now, I want you to look at this man again. When he comes to Jesus, he says... Verse 22, the last section. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. Now, I hope I'm not reading too much into his statement here. But it's as if he's saying, Jesus, I've tried your disciples. They can't do it. But I'm trying you now as a last resort. <sighs> Have you got the power, Lord Jesus? I'm wondering, is this man thinking that there could be a blockage with Jesus Christ. Is there, is there somebody thinking that this morning? It's not so much the power of sin, but you're thinking, you won't say this out loud, but you're thinking in your heart, is Jesus strong enough to save me? You know what? I wonder sometimes if we give ourselves away, even as Christians today, when we think that the conditions we are facing today, the moral conditions in our country is such, that somehow or other, that Jesus Christ has met his match. Well, what a pathetic thought to have, you know? Jesus Christ, not powerful enough? Do you know why I think that's ridiculous? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? If you're saying Jesus Christ hasn't got enough strength to save you, you're saying that God isn't powerful enough. That's who Jesus Christ is. He, he's the Son of God. You're trying to say that omnipotence isn't powerful enough. Omnipotence means unlimited power. Do, do you know what the gospel is? Uh, do you know how Paul describes this gospel? In Romans 1.16, he says this gospel is the power of God and to salvation. Do you know what that word means in the original? Power. It means dunamos, the word we get dynamite from. Are you trying to say that there's not enough explosive power in this gospel? Oh, how stupid. To say that God, leaving heaven and becoming a man, that God 
the Son of God, the God-man, going to that cross, and on that cross, dying as our representative, the perfect one, standing there as a condemned sinner, because it's your sin and mine that is being condemned upon him. That's spotless lamb of god shedding his blood not just any blood but divine blood oh my friends are you saying there's not enough power in the blood of jesus christ let me tell you that blood of jesus christ has infinite cleansing power let me read mr spurgeon i read him last sunday i'll read him this sunday you can't get enough of him you say that christ cannot save you then you believe that omnipotence has for once met its match that the eternal son of god has a task set him which he cannot perform you cast a slur on his precious blood you stand at the foot of the cross and you see him bleeding away his very life yet you say this must be limited in what it can do oh what a terrible thing to say as I quoted last Sunday, there is wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. He is able. But maybe somebody's thinking, I agree with you, Pastor. He's got the power. But is he willing to save me? Is he willing to save me? Didn't we sing last Sunday, Come, ye sinners, poor and wretched, weak and wounded, sick and sore whoever you are jesus ready stands to save you full of pity joined with power what a combination he is able he is willing come ye sinners doubts no more do you know when dr martin lloyd jones a powerful welsh preacher was in sandfields a very rough part of wales in port alberts at the start of the 20th century, he saw the worst character in the village saved, Staffordshire Bill. I don't know what he, he was called in terms of his real name, but everybody called him Staffordshire Bill. He was a drunkard, he was a violent man, and he was gloriously saved. And one day, Staffordshire Bill came to see Dr. Martin and his wife at midnight or in the early hours of the morning because he was so distressed because he thought he'd committed a sin in his previous life that Jesus wouldn't pardon. I won't use the word that he used, but he said once in a moment of drunkenness that Jesus was illegitimate. He used the swear word. Jesus was illegitimate. And he said to Dr. Lloyd-Jones, I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. And you know what doctor did? As a good spiritual doctor, <laughs> he took him to the Bible and he showed him the verse all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven what a wonderful savior i oh i wish i could communicate this so much clearer than i'm trying to there is no blockage with jesus christ listen whoever you are whatever your case even if you think you are unique in the sin you've committed there is absolutely no blockage with Jesus Christ. Do you get that? If you come to him, he will accept you. Praise be to his name. 
Now, the last thing, and this is the analysis here, the blockage is not with the power of sin. doesn't matter how bad a country can go. Not too bad for the Savior. The problem is not in the power of Jesus Christ. Do you know where the problem is? Uh, listen to Jesus again. He says to this man, verse 23, he says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says to him, you're telling me if I can do it, listen, the problem isn't with me, it's with you. If you can only believe, all things are possible. If you can only believe. Where's the blockage? Why aren't the blessings of salvation flowing into your heart? Where is the hindrance? It's this heart of unbelief. That's what's stopping it. That's what Jesus is saying. It's our unbelief. Uh, What did this man say? I love his honesty. Lord, I do believe. <laughs> the moment he sees it, he says, I do believe. But now that I do believe, I see that my unbelief is the problem. Do you get that? It's quite confusing, <laughs> but it's so wonderful. The moment we actually put our trust in Jesus Christ, that's when we see, ah, yes, I'm the problem. Because that's faith then, isn't it? I don't know if I'm making that clear enough. Uh, let me quote the hymn we sang, the second hymn. Can, can you say this? Our faith is feeble, we confess. <laughs> we faintly trust thy word. But wilt thou pity us the less? Be that far from thee, Lord. Remember him who once supplied with trembling for relief. Lord, I believe, with tears he cried. Oh, help mine unbelief. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say this. The essence of believing in Jesus Christ is to see that only he is good enough. Only he has the power to save. So this man is basically saying, Lord, even my faith is impure. And nobody here has perfect faith. Even if you've been a godly Christian for so many decades, your faith is still mixed with uh, doubts. Um, let, let me give you this illustration. Um, we had a retired pastor in my previous church in Cargurle, and like me, he enjoyed going up the mountains. He's uh, too frail to do that now. And he said to me one day, and I've never forgotten this, um, if you're feeling down on a Monday morning, the best thing to do is to try and go up a mountain and try, try to get the adrenaline going by putting yourself in a dangerous place. That, that's what he said. So... So while many of you were enjoying a lovely barbecue last uh, Monday morning, I thought I'd try and put into practice what this retired minister said. So Monday lunchtime, I was halfway up the north ridge of Trevan, a rock peak in North Wales, and I took a friend with me, and we were gazing at the way ahead, and it was a rock face. It was a rock face. And you know what my friend said to me? He said something like this, you can't go up there. That's not possible to go up there. And I said to him, oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Do you know why it was possible? Because it's Trevan. Trevan is renowned for its rock. Trevan's rock is the best rock in the country. Trevan's rock 
is dependable. Uh, what you've got on Trevan are jug-sized handholds. It's good rock. So it doesn't matter. This is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter how feeble our hold is. The rock is good. And you know what, my friends? What I want to say about Jesus Christ this morning is this. Our faith is feeble, we confess. But it's good rock. The rock of ages has never let anybody down, has it? It's good rock. It's good rock. So, oh, isn't the blockage with us? Oh, just cast yourself on him. He is able to save to the uttermost. Faithful is he that has promised. Um, let, let me quote Luther. Uh, it's good to have a bit of Luther again. Luther said, the devil came to me. And he said, Martin Luther, you're a big sinner and you can't be saved. I answered, I'll tell you what I will do, Satan. I'll cut off your head with your own sword. For if I'm a great sinner, I know that it is so. And Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And I have trusted my soul to him for time and eternity. Isn't that good, Rock? You can cast yourself and your whole salvation on Jesus Christ. Oh, if you see unbelief in your heart this morning, that means you can put your trust in him. <laughs> and if you're a Christian, can I say this as tenderly as possible? I think this is our problem in the West. This is why God's blessings are not flowing in abundance to the churches in the West when they are flowing in abundance. To churches in other parts of the world our problem is our unbelief isn't it we we somehow think that jesus christ isn't up to the task we somehow need to prop him up with all sorts of things oh brother sister just trust in him all things are possible to him that believes in jesus christ um, I've been reading um, Respectable Sins again by Jerry Bridges. And he talks about, I think it's either him or a pastor, leading a men's prayer meeting in an evangelical church in the States. And everyone who prayed, prayed about the evils of society. Everyone simply prayed about the evils of society, never once confessing their own sin. And the pastor got really disheartened by the end. And you know how the pastor closed the meeting? He closed the meeting by saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner. To me. Do, do you know this Afro... Af, I'm saying it right, I think. Afro-American song. That's what we've got to call them these days. Afro-American song. Do you know this? It's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not the preacher, nor the deacons, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. If you're not a Christian this morning, oh, this is where the blockage is. Just go to Jesus with your unbelief and just say, with this man, Lord, I believe. Help me. That's what he's saying. 
help me. And praise be to him. That's what he'll do. That's what he'll do. And if we are believers, if we believe for many years, let us say, Lord, the problem isn't out there. It's not the great sin in the world that's the problem. And the problem is definitely not with you. You sometimes get your impression from prayer meetings that we're trying to twist God's arm to bless. Oh no, the problem is not with our Saviour. The problem is with us. And I'm not pointing the finger at anybody this morning. It's me. It's me. It's you. Lord, I do believe. I do believe. Can you say that? Help. Oh, help. Mine unbelief. Help me to trust completely in you. For his namesake.